Did you know that nearly 9 out of 10 home buyers say they'd use a buyer's agent when purchasing a home again? Buyer representation really matters when there's 111 to-dos. Visit Realtor.com slash Buyer Agent Toolkit and spread the word. Buyer agents are essential. Uh, back in 2013, we just your traditional 70-30 model, and we found out that real quick in about five years, we're the industry trainer, meaning that we were getting people scaled up, they were doing well, and then we'd have another company come pick us off. And about 2018, we decided I really wanted to be the 100% commission transaction fee-based model, and that way that uh, there's flexibility with our agents and our consumers on uh, commission and all that good stuff. So. Um, we figured it out and we started in 2020. So we're hundred percent commission transaction fee-based model. And then you're hundred percent commission after a certain amount of transactions. And then we have team models as well. Welcome to the real trending podcast where your host, Tracy Velt, senior director of data and content interviews, the brightest minds in real estate. Each week, brokerage leaders, top agents, team leaders, and industry experts join Tracy to share trends, secrets to success, and lessons they've learned navigating this ever-changing industry. Today, I'm interviewing Jerry Holden. He is the CEO of THA Brands. It's a transaction fee brokerage that also includes mortgage title, coaching, relocation, and some other services. Um, so Jerry is a former professional baseball player and a staunch Ohio State University graduate. He started as a sales agent in North Central Ohio and decided to transition into brokerage. Jerry and I talk a lot about the risk that you take as a sales associate starting your own brokerage. And, um, you know, he actually transitioned from a 70-30 model to the transaction fee model. And then he owns his own mortgage brokerage as well. So we, we talk a little bit about the structure of those. He also talks a lot about how his professional baseball career, really the discipline and the skills that he learned in that really transferred well to being an entrepreneur. One of the things I love about talking to brokers such as Jerry is just learning about all the challenges in building a new company and growing it. And we get into quite a few of his challenges and how he is trying to overcome them through the process. So I think there's a lot to learn in this. Even if you're an established broker, it's always interesting to hear how other brokers are running their recruiting and their business. So enjoy. So Jerry, thanks for joining Real Trending today. Thank you, Tracy, for having me. I'm excited about it. Yeah. So you had contacted me and you told me a little bit about your compensation model, your business model. Um, so why don't we just start with that? Because I have to admit, I had never heard of your company before. So I was really interested in learning more. So tell me a little bit about where you operate and what your, um, how you came to deciding on the brokerage and the model. Yes. Uh, so uh, back in 2013, we we hung our shingle um, and we began the, the the whole agency, and we were just your traditional 70/30 model, uh, bricks and mortar. And we found out that real quick in about five years, we're the industry trainer, meaning that we were uh, getting people scaled up, they were doing well, and then we'd have another company come pick us off. And so uh, about 2018, we decided. 
you know what, let's look at a different model. Let's pivot a little bit. And we decided to, um, but, I, but I wanted to make sure that I had all the, all the uh, bells and whistles that the big boys have traditional real estate brokerages, not necessarily about bricks and mortar. Um, and, but I wanted to, I, I really wanted to be the hundred percent commission transaction fee based model, which will back into one of the questions that we have later on. But, and that way that uh, there's flexibility with our agents and our consumers on uh, commission and all that good stuff. So um, we figured it out and we started in 2020. So we're hundred percent commission transaction fee based model. Um, and then you're a hundred percent commission after a certain amount of transactions. And then we have, that's for individual agents and we have team models as well. Okay. And so tell me how many agents you have and where your geographic footprint is. So our, we have, our company has one corporate office in all, each state, meaning we have one in Ohio, we have one in West Virginia, we have one in Pennsylvania. We don't have one in Maryland, but um, that is uh, because you don't need one in Maryland because um, you get it for free through Pittsburgh or Pennsylvania. Um, then, but then we have agents that have teams uh, and they have their own offices throughout the state of Ohio, West Virginia as well. And, and we kind of have agents in all of your metropolitan areas uh, uh, throughout Ohio and then West Virginia. And what did you see when you did make that transition? Did you have agents who stayed um, because of that? Or, you know, tell me what that transition was like, because changing models can be very difficult for a broker. Obviously, with a smaller brokerage, um, it's a little easier. But what was the transition like? The transition um was we found out, of course, retention. Uh, retention was uh, phenomenal. Uh, we've had great retention uh, since 2020. And if we lose any agents, um, it's not of any significance, uh, meaning meaning that like not pro big producers, but uh, the, um, the, the agents that we do lose are pretty much they're just returning their license to the state and getting out of the business. Um, our agent growth has, uh, has risen. Um, and so uh, then, but we also had our mortgage and title uh, back before we even went to the 100% uh, commission transaction fee-based model. So that helped with the transition before um, it became scalable. Okay. And so you had told me that you're, you kind of have a white label boutique brand um, and you kind of took the best of several different models um, to build yours. So tell me a little bit about um, scaling that. You had said you want to be debt-free, no PE, um, so tell me a little bit about your growth plan and the way you're doing it. Yeah. So, um, we, you know, we like to have the flexibility to have all of our agents be able to brand themselves, teams, independent brokers that want to come to our company. We love to have that uh, flexibility to do that with that, uh, has, has allowed us to grow. You know, we're not the biggest in the country, but you know, we're on the, I would say on the ground floor of, uh, of that. Um, and I wouldn't say I'm necessarily against PE money, or uh, uh, but it is nice being debt free. Um, but um, I'm looking for the right opportunity. Um, you know, the first and foremost that's in my is is a is the north star is our customers and our agents, um, and we want to um, make sure that we're doing everything to keep them as a north star, and then um, uh, move forward on driving um, what we have to offer them: support, technology, services. Um, and not taking away the uh, agent and the customer being first. Yeah, and in order to do that kind of white label, um, you really have to have a good back end and, and services. So tell me a little bit about your tech platform and then um, you know what, what your differentiator really is um, for your, your company. 
Yeah, well, and, that, and that's one thing that um, I believe we have a few differentiators um, of our company. And uh, the back end really is. And I, and I, and I will say I, my team that we have, I mean, we could onboard a thousand agents, no issue. Um, we have some proprietary uh, uh, technology that we built ourselves uh, with our training and onboarding. Um, and we also pay our agents to train, which is unusual. I don't know any other real estate company that I've researched anyways that um, pays their agents to train and onboard. It's not you know a, a, a large sum of money, but we do pay them because we found out that their retention rate of the material that they go through um, and their success is accelerated if we pay them to train and go through a process. Um, so that's one differentiator. The other differentiator is uh, I believe in training and coaching, as I've already mentioned, and we hired a nationally recognized real estate coach that speaks at all the big events and um, Sherry Johnson coaching and training. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that or not, but um, I'm giving her a plug in. Uh, she has been uh, uh, very good for all of our agents as they join in every couple of weeks with um, uh, our company and gets trained. And then our third one is um, a unique situation that we have is a relocation company that we're the preferred partner with, uh, where we have agents and where we operate and where, where our footprint allowed is, and that's Global Mobility Solutions. Um, and it happens to be my chairman of my board um, is is the one of the founders and owners of that um, real estate relocation company. It's all C-suite execs, which how's that a differentiator? Well, um, it allows me to recruit uh, higher end. Uh, high volume uh, uh, agents that perform at a high level and it gets them an opportunity to another stream of revenue that they're all that they're not getting that they may get here in the future. Yeah, definitely. And we'll get into some of those a little bit later. So I want to talk to you just as you were building the company, what did you find to be your biggest challenges? Nobody believing me. Um, and, and, uh, and they're like 100% commission transaction fee based model. That's not true. And, you know, we're not going to, I'm not going to get that, you know, who are you? Um, you know, who is, who is THA? Who's the brands? Never heard of it. So of course, inside my own marketplace where I live and I grew up, people know who we are, but, uh, and, you know, Wheeling, West Virginia, you know, at, at one point in time or, uh, Marietta or Cincinnati, people didn't know who we were. And so that, that was, the, that was the toughest challenge and understanding that, you know, we are a true 100% commission transaction fee-based model. Yeah, I think one of the um, biggest things I see with with a low fee or transaction fee model is that recruiting, um, you either, you have the types that just recruit everyone to get as many people in, but really with a transaction fee um, model, you're looking for productivity. Um, and so let's talk a little bit more about your coaching program, because that seems to be where you're, you're boosting that agent productivity to be able to afford some of the other, um, you know, the services you offer. And then we'll talk about your, your other affiliated services too. So, yeah. So the coaching, I think does definitely help. We have, uh, uh, most, um, until recent, um, we had mostly local agents that were our top producing agents in our company. And this year we had an agent that is two and a half hours away. That's our top producing agent that's been in the business for a couple of years, but all of a sudden their growth, I do believe, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it was like 184% growth. Um, and I attribute that to, of course, hard work by that agent. Um, but also the seamlessness that we have on our back end that allows them just to not focus on the small details on the back end of the, 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 the intricacies of 
figuring out this or that. We take care of that for them. And then they can just go out there and work, worry about operating. And, um, and then the coaching on top of that, the, um, you know, there's a variety of things I can go into that I don't want to bore you to tears with, but with coaching, you, you really do, if you pay attention to it and you really work on implementing and executing it, it does increase your transaction growth. Yeah. And you, you had mentioned, I want to go back to your challenge because I, I should have followed up with like, how did you overcome that? Or how are you overcoming that lack of name recognition or that people don't believe you? Boots on the ground is uh, the biggest thing is I try to get in front of as many people as possible. Uh, number two is um, when we first got our first agent to come over in an area that was three hours away uh, from our hometown, you know, it, 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 uh, they took a chance. Um, they, they came and met with me numerous times at a Bob Evans. They made the jump and then all of a sudden other people asked. And then all of a sudden it took a while and it's still taking a while. But people in that area are like, hmm you know, is it really working? Is it really working? And then, so um, now they're starting to come over and we're really growing in that certain location. Yeah. And the other thing is when you talked about paying your agents to train, um, so you have a coach, uh, a national coach who, who maybe doesn't do as much one-on-one work, I assume, and does more. Um, So yes and no. Um, You asked me about this in um, our previous conversation. um, And we do have a couple of different events where it's one-on-one coaching, but then like today we have, I, I do ha- actually have a uh, meeting uh, with Sherry Johnson today with two of my agents. And then um, we have, we do like team mastermind workshops, which is in person where people are traveling great distances to come to get in front of uh, Sherry Johnson to help work on scaling their business with their teams. That's all the team leaders. So we do stuff, do we do that in person, but then we also do the, the Zooms with the every other week coaching. Twenty twenty four is the year to act, to make bold moves, tell better stories, and build brands that endure. At the Thousand Watt Brand and Marketing Summit, we're putting real estate experts like you in a room with some of the greatest marketing minds around, so you can turn your big ideas into action. Join us in Dallas, June twenty fifth through the twenty seventh, for a real estate event designed for doers. Get your tickets at thousandwatt.net forward slash summit. That's one zero 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 W A T T dot net forward slash summit. Let's talk about paying your agents to train because I do think that, you know, there there's always the oh well the referral fee for you know, mentoring an agent or, or something like that. But talk to me about how, what that looks like. And do you have specific agents you choose to do it? Um, do you have, tell me about that process. And what yeah. It looks like. So we actually have a staff, um, W2 employees. Um, uh, we have a director of training and agent development on top of um, another layer through uh, Sherry Johnson. Like it's not Sherry Johnson, it's part of my staff. And their whole job is to connect with the agents and um, especially new agents and help them be onboarded, trained in our proprietary software. And so once they get through that software and that training and the onboarding, then they're, uh, uh, they actually pay money up front to us. And then uh, we deposit that. Then when they get through the process, they get a certificate and then we take them, we give them back their money and then pay them on top of that. We double their money. And so uh, they really enjoyed that. And it's, it's increased you know, I, I, I don't know the percentages, but it's big. 
Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. How do you, how do you uh, manage accountability with that? Um, with, with, with the agents uh, going through it. So um, uh, Brittany, who's takes care of the training and age development, she is constantly uh, connecting with these agents, making sure they're getting through it, make sure they're answering all the questions and, you know, taking care of all those necessary um, items to make sure that they're taken care of. Okay. Yeah. Cause I think with, with training accountability is, is a difficult thing to kind of get a grasp on. Well, she also, um, she meets with agents uh, 30 minutes a day on a, a lot of times, like different agents. Not everybody wants or needs the accountability, but there's a lot, there's a lot of agents in this area that say, you know what, I, I know what to do, but I need to talk to somebody about it. And I can tell you that on a regular basis, she's meeting with agents for 10, 15, 30 minutes, giving them items to do. And then the following week, following, they, they, they have a meeting set up at certain times and they follow up on that to, you know, you know be accountable. You know, did you make your phone calls? Did you did did you do an open house? You know, did you follow up? You know, how many leads did you get this week? You know, because it's all ultimately boils down to, you know, 50 real estate conversation trans, uh, conversations turn into one transaction. Well, if you want to do 20 transactions, well, you, you, you do the math. Yeah. And obviously, especially with a transaction fee brokerage, um, diversifying your income streams is really, really important. And you said you have mortgage and title, and then we'll go into relocation after that. But tell me, um, how are your mortgage and title companies set up? Um, tell me a little bit about how how they work. So we um, own the uh, the mortgage, which you see the sign behind me, and that uh, we have four, five loan officers. We have a director of ops. Um, they do not work or operate here in Mansfield, Ohio, and they uh, their job is to solely go out and connect with our agents and other agents from other real estate companies, which we do quite a bit of business with them. Um, one of the one of the differentiators with our mortgage company, why we uh, capture business. We don't charge lender fees. We don't charge underwriting, loan origination, or processing fees. Um, we're a mortgage broker, not a banker. And so with that said, we're saving our customers two to $3,000 per transaction compared to our competitors. So that's a pretty easy sell when we're working with our agents or other companies' agents. That's a, that's a good one. And then title company in Ohio, unlike Florida, a real estate broker cannot own 100% of the title company. So I own, you know, well, THA Brands owns 49.9% of our title company, just like as a joint venture, that's state law with the Department of Insurance. Yeah. And I mean, that's a, that's a huge, you know, investment to own, to be a mortgage broker and to own your, your mortgage company. What prompted you to make that decision as opposed to a JV or some other partnership? Well, I mean, I, I saw the opportunity as, as an individual agent, I did quite a few transactions and then I was sending all the business to certain people. And, and I, I saw the, the chemistry that when you, when you work with somebody on a daily basis, uh, you know how that person operates. It's kind of like when you play five on five basketball, you know, the, the more of those guys play together, the more chemistry they have and they're connected. And as we, as a company try to connect with our agents, um, we want our loan officer, our title officer, and um, uh, our agents being able to connect. And then when they, when they send the deal to us, that we're going to work faster, smoother, and give that agent, who's our customer, a better experience. And then ultimately, it's a win-win for everybody. And the speed is getting faster. Our fastest one to date is uh, clear to close with appraisal in four days. That's amazing. Yes. And then I, you also have property management. So how many doors? We, um, well, we don't do property management, no. Oh, you don't do that. Okay. Mm -mm, no. Okay. We, 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 <laughs> we, uh, we did that a long time ago and, and that was something that was, we did in Mansfield, Ohio. And just, you know, we had, it was just something that we didn't, you know, yeah. like that much. 
It's interesting because in this type of market, a lot of brokers are kind of thinking about getting into it. And, you know, it's one of those things where nobody really wants to be in property management because it's, it's a lot of work and a lot of hassle. It is. It's, <laughs> However, it's, something... it's an income stream, especially in a low inventory market. Um, the problem is just starting it now isn't going to get you that income stream that you want. No, it's a, you, you, you really have to have a um, good a housing stock or apartment stock or whatever to make money in that. Um, and you have to have a certain number um, because otherwise you're just making repairs and your, and your customers, meaning your um, the people that own the properties, their ROI goes down and that's not good. And let's talk about your relocation. Uh, you have a, a partnership um, and I want to talk to you a little bit about what that looks like and then um, how you're implementing it um, within your brokerage. So what happens is to take care of um, a C-suite executive when they're relocating in any, any geographical area, the agents have to be a certain qualified agent. And those, qualify, those qualifications are, um, you know, you have to have so many sales, you have to have so much experience and stuff like that. So that, you know, it, it's pretty easy um, just because we've worked, I've worked with uh, GMS before I even opened my own company, um, did relos forever. So when, when, we get a, when we get a relo, we find out what geographical area it's in. Uh, we find out what agent in, of, of ours that qualifies in that area. And then we pass that, uh, pass that qualification on to the, uh, the agent. The agent, you know, takes it from there because they know the process because we went through that training before um, with them, you know, when, when the onboarding process happened. And what percentage of your, your business comes from relocation? Um, I would say it's not a big amount. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to throw a number out there that, um, you know, don't stick this one to it, but it's going to, I'm going to say it's probably around 10%. You know, it's, it's, it's not a lot, um, because, um, we're in Ohio, West Virginia and Pennsylvania. And there's, I mean, there's real, the real is here for sure. Um, but you know, it's not like we're down in. Alabama, Florida, Texas, you know, Georgia, where there's a lot more relos. South the Carolina, the Carolinas. And and what does growth look like for you? Um, are you looking at expanding into some other new states? Um, are you just looking to expand within the states that you're already in? What is your focus right now? Just agents or expansion? I would say that um, a little bit of both. We're we're growing in Ohio, that's for sure. Uh, we're getting more phone calls from other real estate brokers that are, you know, what are you doing? How do I do that kind of thing? Teams uh, and agents, high producing agents, um, just because we're starting, we're starting to get more traction. Um, we are looking at other opportunities in some other states, but that, um, um, you know, that's uh, that we're going to, we're going to continue to grow in West Virginia, Pennsylvania, uh, Maryland, but then there's, there's some Southern states that we're also looking at they have some opportunities there just because of um, synergies that we already have here. And what does your recruiting look like? Do you, do you have a recruiter? Um, and tell me who your ideal agent is. So the um, all agents are my ideal, are, are my ideal agent. Um, but um, uh, so, yeah, we have a uh, software that we use. Um, we have every single real estate agent's name, number, email across all states. And then um, we, we look at agents in um, different markets. We look at for different agents. And I would say that um, 
Um, all agents, no matter what their uh, sales are, we look at because we don't want to leave a stone unturned because, you know, there's a lot of agents that um, are doing very few agents or few deals a year, but maybe they don't have the right support technology services and training, you know, maybe they, where they're at, maybe who they're with uh, is a reason, you know, and then we look at, of course, we look at your high producing agents and teams and, and independent brokers on what's going on there and um, seeing if there's a way that we can help out and use our services and um, especially our backend staff that allows us to operate pretty darn efficient for those agents. Who is actually doing the recruiting? Like, do you have a director of recruiting or me. are you handling me. the recruiting? Me. Okay. I, I, I put the boots on the ground. I really like to, I like to meet with agents because it allows me to um, uh, stay in the game. It allows me to understand what they're, um, what they're going through, um, you know, all that kind of good stuff. So are there any new services you're looking to add um, down the road? I would say um, insurance is um, is one of them, and then also we've just. I mean, I've owned a I've owned a construction company for you know about as long as I've been in real estate, and uh, scaling that through Ohio is one thing that we're doing. I don't know how far we'll go outside of Ohio, but that's a very interesting uh, uh, business line that we're in, and we like it. I understand it. I know it. I breathe it. Um, so um, that's one that uh, I look at growing quite a bit too. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I want to talk about the brokerage industry in general. There's a lot going on right now um, from low inventory to the commission lawsuits and everything else. Where do you see the most opportunity for brokers today? Build more homes um, and, um, uh, you know, partner with a builder if you're not, you know, and, and take some risk there because there's I kind of go, go into this uh, question about inventory you had and and I try to read a lot with uh, the experts in fidelity and all the pro builders out there that are out there. And they mentioned 2029, 2030 they, is when they feel the market will be balanced. Well, every, every market is, uh, is isolated, in my opinion. Columbus, Ohio is different than Cleveland and Cincinnati and Mansfield. Some areas are overbuilt. Some, some, some are underbuilt. Um, and some are just right. So figure out what your marketplace is. And everybody's doing studies right now. So you know how much inventory needs to be built in every market. So build it um, and, and they will come. You build it and they will come and it will sell. Yeah. Well, I'm going to ask you your aha moment. But before I do that, I want to know what is the um, best business move you think you've made in your career so far? I, I'm going to say opening opening my business for sure in 2013 and being able to um, help guide uh, and uh, agents and um, help them uh, go and, and sell a lot of homes and impact people's lives and change people's lives moving from here to there. There's a lot of great stories that I've had, um, you know, listening to all my agents. And um, I, I, that's, the big, that's the best, you know, money is money. But I, like, I really like to uh, hear from my agents what they're doing and how they're impacting lives. Yeah. And, and, um, 
So as a professional baseball player, tell me a little bit about your career in baseball and how that really has um, translated into business. When I first, my first uh, opportunity to go see a college coach was in Alabama and I walked in the coach's office and he had a sign on his wall that said, I hate to lose more than I love to win. And I've kind of lived by that mentality the whole time. So um, I'm, I'm highly competitive. So that's definitely helped. I, I, uh, I like to compete. I don't care what it is. And um, we're friends off the field for sure. But when we're competing, um, you know, we're going to compete. Um, so that's definitely helped um, my career in every facet. Yeah. And you played at Ohio State, correct? No, I did not play at Ohio State. I actually went to Ohio State after, um, after my uh, career was over with. I, um, I just went, you know, I, I played down south. Um, at a college down down in Florida, and then um, I played at Ashland University for one year before I signed. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to make it in baseball. I have a couple of my son's friends who tried, and you know they they got drafted, um, but they they're both out of it already, and they're twenty nine years old. <laughs> so. Yes. Well, uh, I was. Uh, you know, I I didn't make it to the big leagues either. So I was a minor league baseball player, and it's tough. It's you know I unfortunately had an injury, but you know I would I wouldn't change a thing. Yeah, but it's interesting how sports kind of translates into entrepreneurship as well. I feel like it's, um, you know, the people that I know who were professional athletes, whether they made it for a couple of years or didn't make it at all, they translate those skills or that discipline into a career. Um, and usually the career is run by them, them, (laughs) you know, they, so, um, do you, did you find that it was a kind of an easy transition because of the discipline and because of what you learned in professional sports or in college sports? Well, I am pretty structured and disciplined. You know, I came from, you know, I I live here in Mansfield, Ohio and you know, why me, why, why would it be, uh, you know, a guy from Mansfield, Ohio be able to play professional baseball or minor league baseball or collegiate baseball and, I just felt I, I felt if I worked harder than everybody else that something good would happen. And I'm a true believer in hard work creates luck. There is no luck. It's hard work creates it. And so I just I just work harder than everybody else. I still get up every morning, five o'clock. I listen to your podcast. Um, and uh, as I as I exercise in the morning or any podcast after that. And and I think that continues into the rest of my day and um, the work ethic that it's, uh, you know, you, you, you come in early and you stay late. And that's, and that's an athlete. Yeah. Yeah. And I, um, you know, I, I get people calling me all the time about the podcast and what I really find fascinating is just interviewing people like you about your growing company and how you're building it and how you're structuring it as you go along. And there are always going to be, you know, I I think I listened to a podcast the other day that talked about how failure is your biggest success, that, that anytime you fail, that is your biggest success. Um, And so I want to talk to you, not necessarily about failure, but about your kind of aha moment where you felt like, oh, I got to, I've got to pivot. This isn't working. Or um, I have this idea. It's going to be a huge risk, but I'm going to do it anyway. Well, so I'm a true believer. You can't appreciate success until you've experienced failure. Mm-hmm. And, um, and with that, uh, so I, I, you probably, probably never heard of this, but it's called Epcon, uh, Epcon communities. They're okay. a condominium franchise and mm-hmm. you can buy them and, and they help you build them. So I ended up becoming a broker in the state of Alabama and mm-hmm. build a, uh, Epcon franchise development in Dothan, Alabama, 118 condos. I built them in three years and sold them. And I had to be a broker down there. 
And I was talking to my father. I was also talking to a local businessman that said, you need to start your own real estate company. And when I, and he said, you need to put your name on it. And so when I came back to Ohio from doing all that and, and the local broker that I was with didn't want to open another office, I decided to open my own office and, and hang my own shingle and, and go from there. And so that's kind of where it all, all, all began. Okay, great. Um, best leadership advice that you've ever gotten? So Brian Schucher, the chairman of my board, uh, has given me endless uh, we're, we're lucky to be such a small boutique brokerage and have such an icon in the real estate industry as mm-hmm. him as my chairman of my board. Um, but one is back in 2008, 2009, I was with my FA um, down at uh, Mount Vernon Nazarene University. Mm-hmm. And she took me to a leadership conference. And there was a, um, uh, it was a, it was an auditorium. It was a live leadership conference, but it was, um, it was in the auditorium and it was down in Atlanta, Georgia. And there was a guy by the name of Dan Cathy. Dan Cathy was, they were having a discussion. They were having a board meeting and he was, he was in that board meeting and, um, stating, Hey, you know what? Boston, uh, Boston, uh, market is mm-hmm. coming into all of our locations and what should we do to stop them? How do we get them penetrating? How we gain market share? Kind of all that stuff. And they gave all their, uh, you know, people stood up and, or people gave mm-hmm. their comments. And then one guy said, you know what? Or one board member said, we need to um, we need to start opening a whole bunch of Chick-fil-A's here, 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 saturate the market. And he stopped him. He goes, no. And he stood up and he goes, you know what? He goes, we need to get better. He goes, if we get better, he goes, the consumers will demand that we get bigger. And so that's what I, when I say customers, I'm thinking agents, the mm-hmm. agents will demand, if I get better, the agents will demand that our company gets bigger. And so that leadership advice that he gave back in 2009, I think it was 2008, is something that stood with me forever. So if I get better, the consumers will ultimately demand that I get bigger. Yeah, that's amazing. I love that advice. Um, my final question is, uh, who's your Super Bowl pick? You know what? Um <laughs> Just because my little girl is a Swifty, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to say the Chiefs. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I I don't. I don't really have any skin in this game after Buffalo no. was out. I I don't really care. But I guess I'd go with Kansas City too, just because I like Patrick Mahomes and I love Taylor Swift. So. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, I, I, you know, my, my daughter's a Swifty and I'm, of course I was hoping the Cleveland Browns and Joe Flacco would come through. Uh, yeah. unfortunately that didn't happen, but you know, so if I had to put money on it, I'd probably have to do, uh, uh, the, the chiefs. Well, great. Well, Jerry, thanks so much for, for joining real trending. We really appreciate all your insights. I appreciate it having me. Thank you so much. Yeah. Best of luck to you and your company too. Thank you. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to Real Trending. If you haven't already, we'd love it if you'd take a minute to rate the show or leave a comment. And we will see you next week with more news and insights.